You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. If you've ever had trouble sleeping, you'll quickly know where I'm going with this. Uh, Perhaps you might have had a little bit too much coffee too late in the afternoon. Or maybe you were going through one of those great endurances and afflictions and hardships and sleepless nights that Paul writes about in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 5. Whatever the case, during those sleepless nights, you might find some comfort or release by turning on the television. I must tell you, though, uh, I am uh, grateful and thankful for now DVR and Amazon Prime and and Roku and Hulu and Netflix uh, because uh, late night TV, well, you know, it can be kind of sketchy, right? Uh, The quality uh, of of late night programming, to be sure, is a long cry from primetime must-see TV. Now, late night TV is known for its infomercials those extended commercials geared at getting you to purchase all manner of products. They're all types of infomercials, right? From the QVC marathons uh, to the breaking new medications with endless caveats and warnings that on the one hand convince you that you really need to purchase whatever they're trying to peddle, And then on the other hand, it scares the heck out of you, right? Because uh, you you know those type of infomercial commercials that that say, yeah, this medication, it'll it'll cure your allergies, but then it'll cause cancer and ulcers and and rashes and might even lead to death. And and, and those are the ones, yeah. And then there are those infomercials about the new kitchen appliances. Uh, that we all just have to get. Uh, first, the, that new vacuum cleaner that never loses its suction and can pick up whole gravel off your kitchen floor, entire rocks and boulders to pick up with this new vacuum cleaner. And you say to yourself, oh, I really, really need this. And, and, and then the, the announcer gets on and says, you can purchase it uh, for four easy payments of $99.99. And, and just when you're considering purchasing it, uh, you both, but though you still might be on the fence just a little bit, the announcer interrupts and says, but wait, there's more. And, 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 and then in addition to the vacuum cleaner, they said they'll throw in a blender, right? Uh, and, and at this point, at, at this point in the, the infomercial, you're about to dial that 1-800 number. And then the announcer breaks in again and says, if you call within the next 30 minutes, we'll slash one of the payments and you get everything for now just three easy payments of $99.99. And then, but wait, there's more. The announcer breaks in. And if you pay an additional shipping and handling costs, you'll get two vacuum cleaners and and two blenders for the price of one. And at this point in the infomercial, you you might be wondering, well, well, what is actually the the real wholesale price (laughs) if they're willing to slash that? But you know, it's late and you're tired and, and, and you're maybe just a little bit exhilarated because, well, you've been waiting and guess what? There was more. That's how I've been feeling during this Easter season, that there is always more, 
that since Easter Sunday, we have been building and we've been doing a close reading of resurrection and we've been studying it because as Christians, resurrection is our central story. And on Easter Sunday, of course, the resurrection of Jesus, we read in light of the resurrection of Lazarus by Jesus. And today we've heard from the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostle, which says that the resurrection is not just an event in the past, but rather the resurrection of Jesus inspired a movement and that his, his disciples, his followers, performed wonderful acts in Jesus' name. So the resurrection of Jesus ignited something, that there, there was more to the story. So both before... And after Jesus' resurrection, we encounter resurrection. We encounter the resurrection of Lazarus, and today we experience the resurrection of Tabitha, because resurrection is our central story. And we've been, during this Easter season, we've been awaiting through the story of resurrection, and we have been waiting in the story of resurrection. And the more time we spend on it, the better it gets. Because wait, there's more. We keep dissecting it and peeling back layers, and we wait and we find out more. And we've been unpacking it and unfolding it. And let me tell you, I think it gets better every single time because the story, it builds upon itself and it deepens in itself. And it seems to me that this fundamental message of life after death is a story that never gets old. It's a story that never expires. It's a story that never loses its shelf life. And it never disappoints. And it never displeases. And it never lets you down. It's like a, a fountain that never runs dry. It's like a river of living water that just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing. And this story of resurrection, it never loses its power. You know, Andre said it this way. It reaches to the highest mountain. And it flows to the lowest valley. It is the blood that gives me strength from day to day and it'll never lose its power. It soothes my doubts and it calms my fears and it dries all my tears. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day and it'll never, never lose its power. It never loses its power. It gives me strength from day to day and it'll never lose its power. Why don't you sing it with me? The blood of Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power it reaches to the highest mountain 
his resurrection. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. A power that never runs out. Yes, for the past few weeks, we have been exploring those resurrection stories, that resurrection of Lazarus, where Jesus declared, before even his resurrection, he declared to, to Lazarus, that dead man, to come out. And then we encountered the resurrection of Jesus himself early that Sunday morning. He got up with all power in his hands. And, and then the resurrected Jesus appears, we learned the, the week after Easter, uh, that, that he appears to folks who were afraid and had locked themselves away in a room. And, and Jesus just breaks right through their, their closed doors. And in the midst of the fear, he breathes onto them the Holy Spirit and gives them peace and says, fear not. And then last week, the resurrected Jesus shows up and teaches the people who were struggling to fish. He teaches them how to fish. And, and in that process, uh, he restores into right relationship Simon Peter who had denied him three times and Jesus shows up and says all is forgiven uh, your, your, your slate is, is wiped clean, your sins are forgiven, I hold no grudges, move on and do the work, don't focus on the past do the work right now in the present, uh, forget the past and the grudges and the disappointments and the anger and the, the frustration, move on because there is work to do in the future. That great reconciliation of Simon Peter unto Jesus. Jesus says to Peter three times, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, tend to my lambs. If you love me, feed my sheep. And Jesus declares to Peter, to be go and do likewise, to forgive sins of others, and to be used as instruments of peace. So the reconciled Peter 
is then used by Jesus to do great things because he takes Jesus' message to heart. And this is where we pick up the story because it is the reconciled Peter who is used in order to resurrect Tabitha. It is the reconciled Peter who had experienced the resurrected Jesus whose relationship is restored and reconciled and renewed unto the future so that he might be used to do great things just as Jesus did great things in his life. This is where we pick up on this Mother's Day where we encounter this story of Tabitha. And at its root, it's really a story of loving kindness. It's a story of loving kindness. And and in her, in Tabitha, we encounter the character of a faithful woman. We encounter the character of a mother. And we encounter the character of a disciple. You see, the Bible tells us that Tabitha was a good woman. So ultimately, this story teaches us the the unequivocal and undeniable and irrefutable fact. And the fact is this, that you can't keep a good woman down. That you can't keep a good woman down. Now, the story of Tabitha is not perhaps all that familiar to some of us. Uh, More often than not, we are more familiar with those so-called bad girls of the Bible. You know, the ones who get all the blame for doing the wrong things and and messing up humanity, as it were. We we know the story of of Eve, and and then we know of Bathsheba, and, and, and Delilah, and Mary Magdalene. And in the affirmative, we are more acquainted with the patriarchs like Noah, and Moses, and David, and Solomon, and others. And because, here's the point, because we are acquainted with the patriarchs, it's no wonder that patriarchy reigns supreme in the church and in society. That we're more intimately familiar with the stories of of the patriarchs and the bad women in the Bible, so-called bad women in the Bible. But today, on Mother's Day, uh, let us examine a story of a biblical matriarch, a mother. So perhaps in retelling the story of women in the Bible, by retelling the story, we might stand a better chance in ending sexism and promoting gender equality and gender equity by retelling the story and focusing on some of the stories that have not gotten their proper due. And by celebrating women in the Bible as examples and paradigms and as role models, then we might start being the change that we want to see in the world. Somebody ought to say amen today. That we might be the change we want to see in the world. Now, we do know a few things about uh, Tabitha as, as revealed to us in Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse 36. We know that she does kind things, uh, that she gives to charity, and she never grows tired in doing those kind things. So she lives out 
what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, that we are not to grow weary in well-doing. So Tabitha, she does kind things. She practices loving kindness, and she never grows tired in doing it. And even when she dies, something still continues to live, that she is resurrected by that reconciled Peter. That's what we know from the story. Now here at Union, here at Union, we are a bit more familiar with Tabitha because of her Greek name, which is Dorcas. And our Dorcas ministry here at Union under the leadership of Ruth Brown offers hospitality, right? Particularly during the loss of loved ones. This ministry of hospitality cares for those and provides repasts after funerals and, and during homegoing celebrations. And this Dorcas ministry here at Union is in fact rooted in the biblical Dorcas, that when we see in verse 39 that Dorcas made clothing for the townswomen who had lost their husbands. So our practice here is rooted in the story of Dorcas in the Bible. And, and, and remember, because it, it gets a little bit deeper, that, that in this patriarchal and male-driven society, if a woman lost her husband, she was in a really tough spot. Would have lost during these days all a sense of security, may have lost her home, and she depended upon charity. So Dorcas intervenes right in that position of vulnerability and offers hospitality, particularly to the most marginalized. And, and, and she shows up, Mother Dorcas, and, and, and made the vulnerable and afflicted feel a bit better by offering to them clothing and scarves. She made beautiful garments and, and dresses for those who needed to be reminded in the midst of loss. She made beautiful things to remind them that they were beautiful. Uh, to remind them that they were loved, even when a society had, by all means, discarded them. This is the mark of a mother. Has less to do with biology and giving physical birth, but it has everything to do with birthing the belief in someone that you are somebody. This is what Dorcas does. No witness in the Bible that she had given physical birth, but yet still she is a mother, she is a matriarch, because she birthed the belief in someone that they are somebody, that they are loved and that they are worthy and that they are worth the time of day. That's where Dorcas shows up as a key figure in the Bible. No, she wasn't a politician, uh, and she wasn't a priest, but she was a provider. She was a do-gooder. And even when she died, she was called to live. Even when she died, she was called to live. So when she died, because she had done such great things, the people they call Peter... They called Simon Peter and said, I, I, we know that you can do something about this uh, because you have experienced and encountered the resurrected Jesus. So the reconciled Peter, the one who had been empowered by the resurrected Jesus, then talks to Tabitha, to Dorcas, and, 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 and declares Tabitha, stand up. 
Tabitha, get up. And like Jesus who got up, Tabitha, she got up. Because you can't keep a good woman down. And Dorcas demonstrates that the good we give is actually a form of immortality. That we leave a legacy through our loving kindness. We leave a legacy through our loving kindness. So even when we get knocked down, the word that is proclaimed is that Tabitha, get up, to stand up, to be who you are, to celebrate who you are, what God has done in your life, and be used as an instrument so that you might help others. That because you know the resurrected Jesus, you might be used as an instrument of resurrection. Not in the literal sense, because if any of you start resurrecting anybody, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. But yes, we are called to help raise folk from the dead. Raise folk who have died spiritual deaths into spiritual life. Those who have died social and communal deaths, that they might be restored to communal and social life. And to declare, Tabitha, stand up. Tabitha, give Get up. Don't give up. Get up. Stand up and live again and walk again and dance again and heal again and rejoice again. Dorcas, Tabitha, get up and be like your name. Run like a gazelle because that's your name and, and that's who God created you to be and live out the fullness of who you are, whatever your name, whatever your story you are needed. Whatever your name, whatever your story, you are needed because there is work to do. Glory be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.